J. Allen Murray. How are you doing? I am doing well. I uh, hope you are doing well also. I'm doing fantastic. I am exhausted. It is Sunday. We are recording two episodes because I have a lot of travel uh, coming up. And then tomorrow, I think we're going to record a few more, which makes it kind of difficult when we do cover a lot of SBC news. Uh, but we will get some good stuff for you along the way. Uh, but it is good that you are doing well. I got to see your cat just a moment ago. I am sorry that you now are a proud owner of one uh, that you should have named Demon or Lucifer, but I'm looking at Bishop instead. And uh, so, so yeah, it's good to, good to see you, man. Well, good, good to see you as well. Uh, and my cat, who is dumb as a bag of rocks, he just tried to jump off the couch and hit his head on the table. So he's, he's not very bright, but yeah. he is cute. Well, I, at least I have that in common with it. So, well, the summer is winding down. And so that means that many of our summer camps are winding down. And as everybody knows, 2020 was fraught with all kinds of fun with this little thing called COVID-19 that, well, I guess is still around, but uh, the summer camps, many summer camps were still able to happen this year. And uh, so one of those being Lifeway. And there is an article on Baptist Press that we're gonna talk about a little bit and just share some of our thoughts about summer camp and how they're valuable uh, to the spiritual growth of our youth and our kids and uh, kind of walk through that just a, a uh, little bit. And one of the neat things to just kind of set it up was uh, five days before uh, one of these churches was scheduled to leave for camp, they got a call saying that their camp had been canceled due to the COVID. And so the church had to quickly find an alternative and they called Lifeway. And the Lifeway Fuge team was able to connect them, give them several options, and they were able to go and have their great time at camp and all of that good stuff. So Jay Allen, first of all, as a youth, did you go to camp? I did go to camp. I never went to Lifeway camp. Um, went to a, a camp kind of out of North Carolina, the Shelby area called Crossroads Camp um, with Clayton King Ministries. I'm, I'm sure some of our listeners are familiar with Clayton King. So did that a lot. And every fall I did camp with our local Baptist Association at our Baptist assembly at Fort Caswell belonging to the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina. Um, I intended to take our kids to uh, camp at Caswell this summer to be do tell camp, which is done through the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina. Uh, but we were unable to make it happen, but uh, we are going to a fall camp uh, at Fort Caswell this fall. So I'm really excited about that, but I love camp. Uh, camp's a lot of fun. Uh, it it can, be, can be chaotic, it can be difficult, uh, but it, it can also be incredibly fruitful when it comes to ministry and discipleship. Yeah, there were a lot of sleepless nights at camp when I was a youth, but that was mostly because I was up playing pranks on others, and uh, I was that guy. I was the one that, you were that guy. had a firm talking to with threats to be sent home, but the greatest story of all uh, was a youth camp that we had gone to with our choir. Uh, and I had a band competition that morning. And so then I drove to the camp. And so it was a bad idea probably to let a 16-year-old teen uh, drive his truck uh, when you're at this campgrounds and it's raining. 
because I decided to go out and go four-wheeling, off-roading into the mud. And coming up ahead was a golf cart. And in that golf cart was, I don't know, the camp director, camp supervisor. I have no idea. Somebody from the camp. And he gave me a very strong talking to, asked what church I was from. And I said, the first Methodist church. And he said, a nice try, but we don't have any Methodists here this week. And so what group are you with? And he took me back and uh, I was sent home. And so that was the shortest trip to camp that I ever had. Uh, but as a youth pastor, I was able to take my youth to many camps and uh, had a great time at all of those. We went really kind of all over, I guess, Mississippi, a couple in Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas, uh, I think even Oklahoma. And uh, But perhaps my uh, longest tenured uh, memory is with a camp in Louisiana where my band played every summer for about a decade or so. We were the repeat uh, musicians that would come in and lead the worship for it. And, uh, and so it was, it was interesting because it was backwoods, Louisiana. There was no air conditioning. And if you've ever been to Louisiana, it is hot, but it's exceedingly humid. And every afternoon we would get a quick like 30 minute downpour and then it just felt like a sauna, like you throw the water on the rocks, just steam rising up. It was pretty rough. And at that time, I was nearing 300 pounds. And that was not me living my best life now. I'm just saying. Well, that, that sounds like camp in North Carolina as well. You know, just enough rain to make things humid. So I, I can resemble that remark. But, but camp is good. It's, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I appreciate about Lifeway camps is you can trust them to be gospel centered uh, and to uh, call for people to respond to the gospel. Uh, the, the, the camps that have been put on, no doubt that thousands of kids have been uh, introduced to the gospel and that scores of them have come to faith, uh, which is good because sometimes camp, the whole objective is simply to have fun. And of course, with the huge camps, the kids have fun, but they're not they're not just having fun. They're having fun while learning about Jesus. Not that learning about Jesus can't be fun, but that's, it's a priority uh, above everything. Uh, so uh, I, I encourage it. It's a good thing. Yeah. And while camps may be winding down, one thing is winding up, and that is the Guidestone trustees approved a benefit increase across the board for Mission Dignity recipients. Not only that, they also marked the 20th anniversary of Guidestone funds and laid out the transition framework as President-elect Hans Dilbeck prepares to assume the leadership helm in 2022. Mission Dignity, uh, as people of the podcast would know, is very near and dear to my heart. I know that your church gener generously cooperates and gives uh, to them as well. And through the Pastors Conference, one of our aims is going to be to raise money for Mission Dignity recipients. And so the neediest couples with at least 25 years of paid Southern Baptist service will see their benefits grow by $150 each month. And so that is from $600 to $750 starting January 2022. There's some other numbers uh, there, but really that is because they were able to raise more than $10 million for the first time in their history. And we also see some trends showing that they're giving may eclipse that in 2021. Almost 1,000 new donors have begun contributing for the very first time this year. Alan, why might that be important? What does Mission Dignity 
do? Uh, they take care of pastors or pastors' wives, widows uh, who are in kind of financial difficult, financially difficult positions. Uh, a lot of times guys are no longer in the ministry. They're retired from ministry, unable to minister, and they've devoted their lives uh, to gospel ministry and gospel service. And perhaps uh, because of the amount of income that they had, they weren't able to put up for retirement and those kinds of things. And so uh, it, it continues to help take care of those gospel ministers and their families uh, within the SBC in particular, um, as really as long as needed. Very good. And also with that, Ham Stillbeck will soon be at the helm, Lord willing, and there is a transition plan in place between him and O.S. Hawkins that you can read about in the article that we will link in the show notes. But I loved Hawkins' words there. He said, W.A. Criswell was my biggest asset and my biggest supporter, Hawkins told trustees. I had the greatest predecessor anybody ever had in that position. But he's going to flip that and said he would strive to provide Dilbeck with the support that Chriswell offered him. He's not going to have anybody who is a more encouraging person, and I'll be his greatest supporter as he assumes this stewardship. And so great new day in Guidestone history. We can celebrate with them for their recipients. We can celebrate with them for them being able to raise $10 million, and we can celebrate with them by maybe giving to them. We've already passed Mission Dignity Sunday, at least on the official side of things. But as my friend Aaron Moraz likes to say, any Sunday can be Mission Dignity Sunday. And so with that, what is our Southern culture topic of the day, Jay Allen? Well, uh, something that I've been thinking about uh, on the last episode, we talked about my trip to El Salvador and one of the biggest uh, exports that they have in El Salvador uh, is sugarcane. And of course, uh, sugar is in everything in America. And if it's not sugar, it's probably corn syrup, which is basically sugar, but from another source. Uh, but one of the byproducts of making sugar that has uh, long been standing in the South, uh, sugarcane for the longest time was grown even in my area and rice and some things that aren't grown as much anymore that I saw over there is uh, something that, that even finds its way into our vernacular to talk about how slow something is. Uh, I've heard many a times somebody in my area say they are slower than homemade molasses. And so uh, molasses is that wonderful sugar byproduct uh, that is thick as tar and certainly as sticky, if not stickier. Um, I, I know that uh, you being in New Mexico, but spending time in Texas, you've, you've at least heard of molasses, right, Matt? I have heard of it. In fact, I have accidentally eaten it before when I went to Cracker Barrel and I picked that up instead of the honey and just covered my thing with it and the, the biscuit or whatever and uh, just sat there like my dog getting peanut butter, just licking the roof of my mouth for minutes trying to get that thing down. But it was tasty. I will say that it was tasty, uh, but I'm probably more of a honey guy. So I, I love molasses on biscuits. Uh, that, that is one of my favorite uses with some real butter, um, especially at Cracker Barrel. That's one of the few places I get it. I have molasses in the house. 
Um, I think one of the areas which molasses show up the most in uh, southern cooking is not just on the table, uh, not just made out of sugar. I would also add that uh, here in North Carolina, a lot of times they're made out of sorghum, which is another grain. There's sorghum molasses, which tastes a little different, but they're both good. But it shows up in barbecue a lot. Uh, a lot of different barbecue sauce recipes uh, call for molasses. A lot of people, when they make baked beans, put molasses in their baked beans. And so uh, when I make a Kansas City-style barbecue sauce to appease those that prefer to have tomatoes in their barbecue sauce, uh, some molasses go into that, uh, typically grandma's brand, which is what stays on the table if I want on biscuits as well. Uh, but a lot of people don't like molasses. Uh, I know for a fact that my lovely wife, Hope, uh, hates molasses with a, a passion that burns fervently within her soul. Uh, but I love them. Uh, they gross out a lot of people. It's kind of an acquired taste. Molasses, the only thing I can think to tell you is they taste like molasses. Uh, if you've never tried them, go get some. Uh, but don't expect to pour them quickly out of the jar. They really are slow. Yeah. Well, this whole time you were talking about slow as something, I thought it was just going to be slow as Christmas. I've never said slow as molasses or heard it said until you uttered it, but it makes sense now. And uh, so thank you for enlightening our listeners on the origins, the taste, and the slowness of all things molasses. So yeah, good, good times. Well, friends, we thank you so much for coming again to the potluck. We hope if there are biscuits that you've got some molasses and some butter to put on your biscuits, or if you're Matt, that somebody brought some home uh, processed clover honey as well. Uh, we hope that you've had your fill. We hope that you've had your full, that you'll come back at the same Baptist time, same Baptist hour. Stay Baptist, my friends.